The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Kingdom Manifesto. We've been in this series for 10 weeks. Can you believe that? It's been 10 weeks. This, this uh, about 15-minute, 20-minute message of Jesus, we've spent 10 weeks digging into it because it is so full of life. We're, we're, we're diving into the Sermon on the Mount. We've been looking at it because it, it is. It's the Kingdom Manifesto. It's Jesus explaining to his people what his kingdom is all about and inviting us to be a part of, of the kingdom expansion that he wants to bring about. It's been an incredible series. Have you guys enjoyed this series? Yep. been so good. I hope that, that you've been ministered to through it. Uh, but as we wrap it up today, Jesus is kind of concluding this message. We're going to read the last part of Matthew chapter 7 here in just a moment. Jesus is wrapping up his sermon. And, and if you've ever spoken in front of people before, you know, it's important that when you end a message, you end a talk, you always want to leave them with something that they can kind of remember. And so that's where Jesus is. He's in this final moments where he's kind of given the final instructions to his people. And so he could have done it any number of ways. Like he could have had like a really cool acronym that he came up with to kind of help us to remember. He could have like given us a cliffhanger, you know, like, like kind of left it like, if you come back next week, I'll tell you the rest of the story. He didn't do that. He doesn't like create an inception moment. Anybody, anybody in here see the movie Inception? Where like it ends and when it ends, you're going, I, I think I know what happened, but I don't know what happened. What do you think happened? Like they, he doesn't do that because as we've said here before at New Song Church, clear is kind, God is kind. And he's also, you know, Jesus is God. So he's not the author of confusion. So he doesn't want to confuse people. He wants to be clear. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to be clear about what he wants the people to do with this message. What he wants them to do with all the stuff he's been talking about, what are they to do with this? And, and he wants to talk to us in, in these last few verses we're going to read about this. If you're taking notes this morning, we're going to be talking about foundations today. How important the foundation is of your life. Now, I've got a picture here. Go ahead and throw that up, guys. Who in here can tell me what this is? Just shout it out if you know what this is a picture of. Who? The Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? The Leaning Tower of, not pizza, but Pisa, right? And, and, and so you've, if you've seen this image before, you've probably seen some of these other images before, right? It's like this optical illusion thing that people do where they stand beside it and kind of make it look like they're holding it up. But then people get like really creative with it. They do all sorts of stuff. Like you got this guy. I wonder how many times it took before he got that right. Like how many times this guy's just jumped through there. There's this one, got the whole ice cream thing going, this one here. Uh, kind of creative there. Sometimes people get their pets involved like this here, like... That's pretty impressive, right? And then I love this one, this next one, because this is, this is a picture someone took of people like doing the picture. Like, so, so it kind of looks like a weird yoga class or something going on there. And then this one, I, go to this one. This is actually really interesting. This was trending for a while on social media. This is a guy who a few years ago went to, you know, he was in Pisa, wanted to get his picture taken. Like, that's why you go there. There's nothing else there. So that's why he's there. And he goes and he, he gets his picture done, but didn't quite nail it. Like, I don't know who was taking his photo, but they, like, help a guy out. Come on. Like, how pathetic is that? 
And uh, so this guy was, you know, he gets his picture back and it doesn't look very good. I guess he was using like a regular picture, a camera with film. And so he gets it back and he's, and he's disappointed. And so he decides to get on the internet and ask the internet for help. Somebody who has some Photoshop skills, would you help me make this look the way I wanted it to look? And so he invites the internet to help and then the internet does what the internet does, right? And so this was actually trending on social media for a while. People did all sorts of stuff with this picture. Like they, they got the coral, this here. Not really exactly what he was going for there. You got this, like throw, just threw a shark in there. You got this one here, it's kind of, you know. And then I decided to get it on the game. I got a little Photoshop skill, so I threw myself in there on this one. <laughs> kind of created a guest central moment there, right? And, and by the way, if you are new to New Song Church, if you want to meet me, I'd love to meet you. And I've got some gifts for you. Welcome you to the church. Go out there. I got a, a cup for you and a, and a New Song journal. So make sure you stop by and say hi. Uh, but go back to the first picture, guys. This is the Leaning Tower piece. Now, here's the thing about this, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Before it was the Leaning Tower of Pisa, it was just a tower in Pisa. It wasn't designed like architecturally created to be a leaning tower that happened because it was built in Pisa. And Pisa means marshy. <laughs> and so the problem is when it was built, the foundation wasn't strong enough to hold it. And over time, it began to lean in a certain direction. In fact, it would have fallen over, but they went in and kind of secured it and did some things to make sure it wouldn't fall anymore. So Matthew chapter seven, what Jesus is gonna address here is this idea of, of what we're building our life on, what we're establishing our life on. Because what we build our life on is going to determine the direction of our life, the lean of our life, the strength of our life. So look at this with me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Somebody say, you got to do it. you got to do it. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, they didn't do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended. Notice the rain's coming either way. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And look at these words, and great was its fall. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. And we pray that over the next few moments as we look at your word, that you would speak to us through it. That as we come to the conclusion of this incredible sermon that you preach, God, that you would give us direction for our life based on it and help us to see what we are to do with all of this and how we are to establish our life on the firm foundation of your word. Lord, give us wisdom. I pray that the loudest voice in this room would not be mine, but would be the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to the people you love. We thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Back to the first part there, verse 24. He says, therefore. Now, anytime, you've probably heard this before, but anytime you read in the Bible, it says, therefore, you're to ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore, right? So when Jesus says, therefore, what he's saying is, hey, based on all this stuff I've been saying to you, Based on what I've been sharing with you in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the person who builds their house on that stuff, who actually does something with that, that person, I'm calling them a wise person. 
That's a wise person. They do something with this word. When Jesus says, and does them, he means and practices them, acts on them, follows them, obeys them. Jesus gives us this truth here that it's not enough to just hear. We got to do something. Like Jesus is in this moment and he's, t- he's sharing with these people. Hey guys, I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> I'm glad you've been listening. Some of you, I can see you're taking notes. Some of you, some of these points, you know, you shouted out an amen. We love when you're communicating. You want to hear an amen every once in a while. Can somebody say amen? amen. We like that. That's good. That's good. Keep that up. But Jesus says, it's not enough that, that you just do that, that you got to do something with these words that I'm saying. It's not enough to just hear. You got to do hearing and knowing information isn't enough. You have to go and you have to do. You know, we live in a, a day and age where, in fact, they call it the information age, right? Like we have more information at our fingertips than any other generation. We have instant information all the time. Things can be happening around the world and we can immediately know. And what, what, what's happened is we've created this culture with people where we're used to hearing, but not really doing anything based on what we're hearing. Like, think about how often this happens. You get some news, and a lot of times it's bad news. Like, we hear news, it's bad news. You hear it, you're, you're moved by it, like something stirs in your heart, hits you in your gut, and you, and you hear it, and you're like, oh, man, somebody should do something about this. And then we just kind of move on. <laughs> keep scrolling, keep changing the channel. Like, we just, because we, and we train ourselves to think, okay, I can't really do anything, so, so I get information, but I don't do anything with the information. We, we live in a world today where we have a surplus of info, but we have a do deficit. You know, this week we got some kind of good news, like great news. Roe versus Wade's been overturned. Like how incredible is that? If you're, if you're Christian, this is good news. We celebrate this news, but listen, it's not enough to just hear the news. I'm glad I, I, I celebrate that news, but, but, but the next step for us as believers is not to just hear it, but to say, okay, now what do we, the church, the body of Christ, what do we do based on this news? Like hopefully your heart is stirred not to just be excited, not to just retweet it, not to just start fighting with the people who are for that, but to actually say, what can I do now? I hope that there are some women in this church that are going to sign up to be a part of our Embrace Grace ministry so that now all these women who are going to have these babies, we have a way of supporting them and helping them to take the next steps, the next steps that are necessary for their life. Are you tracking with me? We got to do something. We're the, we're the body of Christ. We're called to do, not to just hear, but to do. And the Bible is very clear. You study scripture, you're going to discover that wisdom, according to the Bible, is not information. It's not about your degree. It's not about your BA, your MBA, your PhD. It's not about just acquiring information. It's what you do with the information you get. What do you do with the spiritual truth that you receive? That The wise person does something with it. They move based on the word. The foolish person, they get the same information, but they don't do anything with it. They get the spiritual truth, but it doesn't move them. They hear it, they know it, they may even believe it, but they don't do anything with it. It's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to study it. It's not enough to have an advanced degree about it. It's not enough to preach about it. You gotta do something with it. So so here's the truth you need to recognize. We're taking notes, jot this down. Obedience to God's word is central to the way of the kingdom. Obedience, it's obedience, it's what you do. It's obedience to God's word. It's central to his kingdom. 
Back to verse 24, Jesus says, I will liken him who, the person who heard it and did something with it. They heard my word, they heard this, this, this talk, they heard the Sermon on the Mount, they're doing something with it. I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the Bible talks about your house here. Like we kind of think of a house one way, but in Bible times it was thought of very differently. See, today, in, like we think of houses you know, you think of like your, your house, like in, in the culture we live in today, like, you know, you get married, you get your starter home eventually, you raise your kids in it, and it's kind of like your starter home. You're going to advance, you know, you're going you're gonna to keep getting raises, you're going to keep moving up the ladder, and as you do, you're going to get better houses as you go along. But that wasn't the way it was in Bible times. Like typically your house was not like a single family home. It was like the, your whole family lived in this home together. So it'd be like you and your kids and your sister and her kids and your brother and his kids and your mom and dad and your grandma and grandpa. Like it was a mess of family up in this mug, right? And, and as people died off, then the house just got passed down. It was an inherited thing. And so the, the house represents like your family life, your marriage life, your home life. But more than that, it also represented your work life because most people worked out of their house. If you were a leather tanner, you would do that out of your home. If you were a shepherd, you would shepherd, you know, out of your home. You come back to your home and you're, maybe your front yard is where you're doing your shepherding. And you're a carpenter, you're working out of your home. Like very often your trade, your business, what you were selling, what this was going on, your work life was very much tied to your home. It wasn't like just this place you go back and take, you know, naps and home is where the heart is and all that kind of stuff. Your home represented, listen, the wholeness of your life. You follow, you follow me? So Jesus is saying the wise person builds the entirety of their life on the bedrock of Jesus's teachings. So the wise person, they don't section God off into some you know, area on a pie chart. They build everything. Their marriage is built on the foundation of the word of God. Their work life is built on the foundation of the word of God. Their rest life is built on the foundation of the word of God, their family life, how they raise their kids, all of it. It's not based on culture. It's not based on how somebody else is doing it. It's based on what the word of God has to say. And so when you're building a house, a foundation is important. We know that, right? But in Bible times, again, this was very different. Today, if you want to build a brand new house for most people, you know, this is what it looks like. You go to one of these neighborhoods where they're going to be building houses and there's a model home in the front and you go in that model home and you're like, oh, this is so cool. I like these, I like these floors over here. This is good. And then somebody comes out and they're like, hey, and they start walking through, you know, the kind of house that you're going to build and what you can put in and these floors and what, sh what your finishes are going to look like. And, and so then you go and you pick out your lot and then somebody comes along with this big truck and they pour concrete and they build the foundation and they build that house according to what you wanted built. It wasn't like that in Bible times. They didn't have concrete trucks backing up, pouring your foundation. You had to build your house on a foundation that was already established. So you went looking for a firm foundation to build your house on. You had to find it and then you would build your house there. And it was important that you did this because listen, the storm is gonna come. You understood you needed a firm foundation because you know the wind and the rain and the flood, it's gonna come. I want you to know this morning, listen, I'm not trying to be like the bad news bear here. But it is important that you understand, if you got saved and somebody told you, hey, you make Jesus the Lord of your life and everything's going to be great from this moment on, they lied to you. <laughs> they did. You're going to face stuff as a Christian. 
That Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. Like, understand this. One way or another, you're going to have trouble. Yes. Either as a child of God or apart from God, you're going to have trouble. The good news about being a Christian is you face the troubles with God by your side. But in this world, that's what Jesus says, John 16, in this world. Are you in this world? Yeah. You are. So guess what? You're going to have trouble. Like that's a promise of God. That's a promise of Jesus. That's not one that we put up on the, on the refrigerator. We don't have that crocheted. In this world, I will face trouble. Thank you, Lord. No, but it's true. It's true. But here's the good news. The verse doesn't end there. Jesus says, take heart, or in other words, be encouraged by this. So be encouraged, put courage in, by what? He says, I have overcome the world. And when he says, I've overcome the world, the word he uses for overcome means that there was a victory that took place in the past that affects our present and will affect our future. So listen, because Jesus overcomes the world, listen, if he's your firm foundation, the victory he won in the past can affect your present and can be active in your future. If, if, Jesus is your firm foundation. So, so here's just a truth that we all should understand, okay? The strength of a foundation determines the strength of a structure. Like that's why a foundation is so important. Because if the, if the foundation is not strong, the structure ain't going to be strong. So let me say it like this. The strength of your life is determined by what you're building your life on. So what are you building your life on? Because if, if the foundation's broken, then there's gonna be brokenness in the life. Now, a lot of us, we wanna have significant lives. We wanna have skyscraper lives. I don't know about you, I want a skyscraper life. I want a life that rises above, a life that stands out. Not because, like, so everyone looks at me and go, man, you're impressive, but so that people through my life see Jesus. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what I want. So I want a life that people look at and go, man, what's going on with you? Your life is different, so I can say, hey, it's Jesus. That's the hope that you can have too. But so we want the skyscraper life, but here's the problem. So often we build our life on a chicken coop foundation. And guess what? You can't have a skyscraper life built on a chicken coop foundation. You want a skyscraper life, you got to build it on a skyscraper foundation. But we want chicken coop foundation sometimes. We want our foundation. It's broken, but we want it. We want to do it our way. So we want to build our life on the foundation of, of our education. We want to build our life on the foundation of what we've gone through, what somebody else said about us. We build our life on the foundation of these things that we face, what people might think, what people might say, what culture is saying. Listen, all of those foundations are broken and they will lead to brokenness in your life. So what happens is we now experience brokenness because we're building our life on the wrong foundation and then we invite God in and here's what we do. We say, God, I need you to come and be my repairman. Can you come over here and kind of clean this up and make this go away and fix these problems that are popping up in the house of the life that I'm building on this other foundation over here? God, be my repairman. Listen, God don't want to be your repairman. He wants to be the chief architectural designer of your life. And so you got to invite him in at the beginning you can't build a skyscraper life that rises above, that stands out, that is strong on a chicken coop foundation. There's always going to be brokenness when you build your life that way. It's never going to work. We, we had a house a few years ago that in the entryway of our home, there was these cracks in the tile. I, I, I bought the house and noticed these cracks in the tile. And, you know, I got a little bit of housing skills, so I, I decided I was going to, you know, deal with this. So I went out, found the tile, bought the, bought the tile. 
and decided to address the situation. So I took up the tile, and when I got up the tile, I discovered that there was a crack in the foundation. Now, you know, I, I kind of thought, here's what I thought. You know, this probably happened obviously a while ago. It's not getting any worse. I don't see. So I'll just, I'll just patch this up. I'll just get some concrete leveler, kind of patch it up, and then put the tile back down. So I did that. I patched it up, put tile back down, looked good, grouted it, like looking good, standing back looking at it going, yep, I did that. Feeling good about myself. About two months later, I walk in and guess what? The crack was back. You know why? Because I didn't address it at the foundation. See, if you got, you got a bad foundation, you're going to have cracks in the drywall and you can patch it up, but it's just going to keep coming back. You can, you can try to kind of make the, the door frames that are off, you know, you can try to make those look right. But, but guess what? If you don't address the foundation, you're going to keep having these problems. And listen, they're just going to get worse. So if you want to, if you find yourself in a place where you're, you're going, man, there's some, there's some stuff, there's some brokenness in my life. My question is, are you addressing it at the foundation? Jesus says the wise man, wise man builds his house on the rock. Are you building your life on the right kind of foundation? Jesus goes on from here, verse 26, talking about the foolish man. He says, everyone who hears these sayings of mine, these teachings, this Sermon on the Mount, this is what I've been sharing, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Notice they're coming either way. And it beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now let's, let's recap here for a moment because this is interesting. We got a foolish man, we got a wise man. And, and, and where their life ends up is, is very different, but there's a lot in common with the two of these guys. If you think about it, they both want to build a life. They both want to build a house. Like we all want to build something significant. We all want to have a good marriage. We want to have a good family. We want to do something with our life. I, I hope that you want that. I hope that you see that possibility. So these guys both want to build a house. Uh, they both have heard the teachings of Jesus. Like they've been sitting and listening to the Sermon on the Mount, a perfect sermon coming from Jesus. They've heard that. So they've heard his teachings. They're both going to face a storm. So a lot, a lot in common between the two of these guys, right? But, but here's the difference. One moved based on what they heard and the other didn't move. See, see, here's something you need to recognize about the Word of God and how its power is released in your life. God's Word moves based on movement. God's Word moves, moves based on action. A few years ago, I worked at this, this church, and we had these motion sensors in the rooms that would turn on the lights. And sometimes it was like super annoying because you'd be in the room, you know, hanging out and the lights would just go off and you have to be like, <laughs> start shaking around and get to, but, but the way it worked was you walk in a room and there's a sensor and the sensor detects movement. And when the sensor detects movement, power is released to do what needs to be done in the room to provide power and light for the room. Listen, this is how the word of God works in our life. God's word is true. It's powerful. But in order for it to move in your life, it requires movement. It requires action. It requires you to take steps of faith based on it, where you hear the word and you move based on what the word says. 
Think about the Bible. Think of all the stories of this we see all throughout the Bible. Remember Moses standing at the Red Sea? He has to raise up the rod. When he raises up the rod, God parts the waters. Joshua, he, go, he tells the priests, God says, hey, tell the priests to go down and put their feet in the water. So they go down, they touch that water and it begins to pile up. Jesus himself standing at that tomb, Lazarus is in the tomb. Jesus says, roll the stone away. When they roll the stone away, when they move based on the word of God, then Lazarus comes forth. God's word waits for our movement. We see this all over the Bible. So, so here's the truth here. God's word waits on human action. Why? So that we're not just talking by faith, but that we're actually walking by faith. Listen, I believe in talking by faith, but it's not enough to just say it. Are you doing anything based on it? Are you moving? Is there action in your life based on what you believe about God's word? The, the, the foolish man did not move based on the word. The wise man did. And the wise man did it at the ground level. In other words, the word of God was the foundation. It wasn't like, well, I want to see what other people think about this first. Like, what's your opinion on this? What do you think I should do? What do you, I don't know. Like, does this still work today? Like, no, no, it was the foundation. Listen, people's opinions don't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. What matters is what does God say? We have to build our life on what is God saying? What is he saying? His word is truth. And anyone that says anything contrary to his, his word is lying. We have to build our life believing that with all of our heart. But so often we don't. We allow ourselves to build our life on foundations of sand. We build our life on, on, on traditions of our life. In fact, the Bible says this in Mark 7, 14, or 7, 13. Jesus says, you make the word of God void in your life for your tradition. In other words, instead of believing God's word, you believe more. The foundation of your life is built more on what you experience, what you've seen, what's, what's been said over you, what you've gone through. And, and, and through that, the word of God, listen, it's powerful. It can be, but you've made it no effect because you don't really believe it. It still stands to be true, but your foundation is in your upbringing. Your foundation is in your tradition. Your foundation is what other people are saying. So, so here's the thing about this foundation of sand that can kind of throw us off, I think, sometimes, is that it's not always an immediate crash. Like you build a house on sand, it won't just immediately fall down. When I was a kid, I grew up in the 80s. Any 80s kids in the house today? If you're an 80s kid, there was a real fear of quicksand that you had growing up. <laughs> like I thought that was gonna be a much bigger deal. Princess Bride, a never-ending story. Dude, freaking Atreyu, I was freaking out. So I, I'm going to playgrounds, I'm getting in the sandbox, and I'm like, okay, what do we got here? This is good, this is stable. But we think that, we think like we're gonna build our life on this sand and it's just gonna consume us, but, but when it doesn't, we go, oh, maybe, maybe this is okay. So you build your life on sand and it's like, hey, you know, this is kind of working out. This is convenient. I like this location. Looks pretty good. Got some pretty popular people around me right now that we're getting along really well. But the problem is, Jesus says, a storm's coming and with it, a crash, a great crash. In fact, the word Jesus uses is the Greek word megas, which is where we get the word mega, a mega crash. A devastating crash is coming. 
a few years ago. Uh, actually, it was last year, June of last year. There's these towers in Florida called the Champlain Towers. You may have heard of this. These two big towers, condominiums. A lot of people are living in these condos, good location, near the beach. People liked living there. The problem was the foundation was messed up. The owners knew there were some problems with the foundation, but they, they wouldn't address it because to address it was going to cost them a lot of money. So they kind of just kind of kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Well, around these towers, there was some construction being done. And because of the construction and the work that was being done on the foundation of these other buildings, it caused a, a, a stress to take place on the foundation of the Champlain Towers. And one night, just out of nowhere, these, these buildings just crashed. In fact, it, you can see the video online. It's like somebody takes a, you know, an empty can of Coke and just shoves it down. Like you just see them totally crash in on themselves. And 98 people died. Now, now, here's the thing. There were signs that things were off. And there may be signs, like you see it. There's some, there's some stuff you see and you go, ah, it's a little off, but I'm, I'm kind of getting away with it. But I'm telling you, a storm is coming. Because it, it comes against everybody. A crash is coming. And if your life isn't built on the right thing, there's going to be a crash. Now, it's interesting. Jesus says that the person who's building their life foolishly is building their life on sand. So, so what is sand? Well, sand, think about it. Sand is a, is a combination of things. It's little rocks, it's little pieces of coral, and then it's little pieces of garbage. Actually, it's just whatever's gotten into the ocean, dirt, all sorts of different things. And so the foolish person, what they do is, is they build their life on some of the truths of God, but they also combine it with some of the little truths of the world or what they think are truths of the world. So I'm going to kind of, I'll, I, had a, I have a little bit of Jesus. I'll have a little bit of the world. I'll have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to receive the whole word. I'm not going to receive all the teachings of Jesus. There's certain parts I like. I get into that, but not all of it. The Bible talks about this being a real issue in the end times generation. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. They won't be able to put up with it. They won't be able to listen to it. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. In other words, they're going to they're gonna find ways to just listen to what they want to hear. Verse 4, and will turn away from listening to the truth and will wander off into myths. Man, we see this all the time. Like Sarah said, we, we'll meet people sometimes in the lobby and we're like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Are you, you, are you looking for a church? And I'm like, well, you know, I just like to, you know, I like to go to a lot of churches. I like to listen to podcasts. And, and, and listen, I like podcasts. I listen to podcasts. I, I have one, okay? But here's the problem with podcasts. When you listen to podcasts, you get to choose what you listen to. And the problem is you don't always listen to what you need to listen to. This is why it's so important that you're part of a church. Because God ordained the church for, to be a place where you can come under the authority of a pastor, an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who, this is, this is my job, this is my job. I go to the mountain every week, I, I talk to God, I say, God, what do you want to say to your people? And then I come down with the mountain and I present you the word. And sometimes you may not want to hear it, sometimes I don't want to hear it. But it's what God's saying, and it's what you need to hear. But, but, but the problem is those, those podcasts that you need to listen to, a lot of times they're not the ones you want to listen to. And so what we do is we become selective. <laughs> and we live in a world, there's a lot of selective listening Christians right now, or so-called Christians. And it's like, I, I like certain things. Like I, like, I like that Jesus loves me. Like, I'm cool with that. Like that. I like that he'll forgive me of my sins, because I do a lot of that. 
I like this grace stuff. That's sweet. And it is. Woo. Healing? Yes. But some of this doing stuff, I don't know. I'm not really into that. Like serving? Guys, I'm in a season. <laughs> I got a season right now, you know? It's my season. And I, I can't. Like kids are in club sports. I can't. Like that's just not, it's not, it's not my season. <laughs> that tithing stuff. Oh, now you're getting quiet. That's my money though. And I don't make very much and I can't, you know, it's just not, when I make more, maybe then I'll, I'll give. I want to give the way I want to give, which means I don't want to give. Some of the Sermon on the Mount, forgiving my enemies, you don't know what my enemies have done. And so we, we become selective. Yeah, you know, I'm living with my, my spouse, not a spouse though. We're living together. And we're, yeah, we're doing married stuff. But, you know, we're probably going to get married. Maybe. So doesn't that count for something? Listen, yes, it does. You know what it counts as? Sand. It's sand. And you keep living that way. You may not be feeling it right now. But eventually you're going to feel it. Because a storm's coming. And there's going to be a crash. And mega will be the crash. So listen, we, we're called to, to base our life on the whole word of God. And when you build your life that way, it becomes evident. Because when the storm hits, it's evident what you built your life on. There's a story in Mark chapter four, Jesus is with his disciples. He's been teaching. And then he says, okay, guys, we're gonna, we're gonna go over. We're gonna cross over. In fact, look at this verse with me. Mark 4, 35, Jesus says, let us cross over to the other side. Everybody say us. Notice he doesn't say, I'm gonna cross over. He says, let us cross over. And so the disciples get on the boat. They're crossing over. And about halfway across the Sea of Galilee, this storm hits. And it was a mega storm, a significant storm. One of the reasons we know is because, remember, Jesus is with former fishermen. Like, you ever been with somebody that's like an expert in something? And you're not, and there's something happening, and you're like, is this okay? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Well, they're not saying this is fine. They're freaking out. Former fishermen who have spent a lot of time on the Sea of Galilee are freaking out. So we know this is a serious storm. So they're freaking out. They start looking for Jesus and they find Jesus in the stern of the boat. And it says that he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I love that little addition of the pillow. I love it. You know why? Because it tells me this was intentional sleep. Like he didn't, he, Jesus didn't just get on the boat and they were crossing and he was like, got tired from what he was doing. No, he went and got a pillow. And he got it and he wrapped up with that sucker and he was out. In fact, it's interesting. It says the Greek word that's used here, diagoro, for how they woke him up, means that they had to shake him and wake him. So it's like, what about Bob, right? They're going over there, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Like they can't get him to wake up. He's out. And so finally they wake him up and it says in verse 38, they said what a lot of us seem to say when we find ourselves in the storm. They say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? <laughs> Don't we do that? Jesus, when you see what's going on, we're perishing. Jesus wakes up. Now remember, he was out cold. 
They had to shake. Like, you ever been woken up from a sleep where you're like out cold, like drooling out cold? Jesus was like, oh, okay, what, huh? Then he arose and re- look at what he does. He rebukes the wind and, and said to the sea, he spoke to the elements, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? And I just, I can just see like tired Jesus right now going, oh, guys, why are you so fearful? He says, how is it that you have no faith? Now, how is it that he knows they have no faith? He's seen it. They've been saying it. They're perishing. They're terrified. They're running around like they're all going to die. So, so get this. Remember where we started? Verse 35, Jesus says, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over. Now, remember, Jesus is Lord, right? Jesus is God in the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. That's a word that they can stand on. Jesus has promised we're crossing over. But in the moment, here's what happens. In the moment, we see that their faith is not in the word of God. Their faith is in the storm. Their faith is in the circumstance and the circumstance consumes them. And now they release the word of God. They should have been, if they would have had faith in the word of God, they've been sleeping on pillows too, but they weren't. My question for you is, who are you? Are you the kind of person that when the storm hits, are you resting on the word and the promises of God? Or are you running around saying, God, where are you? What, don't you see? Are you asleep right now? Do you not understand what I'm facing, what I'm going through? Who are you? Storms are going to come. Storms are going to come. And when they come, here, here's the thing. It's really hard to build a foundation in the middle of a storm. Like if the storm hits, there's a hurricane going on. And now you're trying to pour a foundation. Now you're trying to fix this stuff up. I'm telling you. That's a bad place to be in. So so here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, build it now. Like do something with this now. Build your life on this firm foundation now because storms will come. Jesus uses three words. He talks about rain, flood, and wind. And, And these kind of represent different ways that the storms of life come against us. Rain represents loss and disappointment. And we all face loss and disappointment. You're going to face loss and disappointment in life. People are going to disappoint you. People are going to let you down. Circumstances are going to let you down. You're going to lose people. People that you count on will die. It's going to happen. And when it happens, what will be evident in your life is what your life was built on. Does that just wreck your life, cause you to fall apart and you can't function for the next couple years? Well, that just shows me that your life was built on the wrong foundation. Jesus says this word, he uses the word flood. The flood is a picture of the the flood of the world or the filth of the world. And we live in a filthy world. There's a lot of filth coming at us every day, filth of pornography and profanity and fear. And if your life isn't built on a firm foundation, when this stuff floods you, it's gonna overcome you and you're gonna find yourself falling victim to it. It's gonna keep hitting you. It's gonna keep coming. He uses the word wind. Wind is a picture of the devil demonic forces. Listen, there is a real devil. There are really demonic forces. The devil hates you. 
He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And like, he's like, seriously, like the big bad wolf. Like he wants to huff and puff and blow your house down. He wants to blow apart your life. And so what he's gonna do is he's gonna, he's gonna bring across your path the rain of loss, the flood of filth, and the wind of adversity. And if your life is built on a, on a sandy foundation, there's gonna be a crash and it's gonna be mega. But if your life is built on a firm foundation, you'll, with, you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to stand in that day. So think about this. Your life is built on a firm foundation. That foundation is the word of God. It's the teachings of Jesus. It's, it's the wholeness of scripture. You, you set your feet on that. You're established in that. Here's what happens. When the storm comes against you, you move based on that. And now because you're moving based on that, the action of your life is based on that, you move and now it triggers the power of God to come and to manifest itself in the middle of your problem. Listen, this, the warning here, I, I get that it's a warning, but it's a warning to keep you safe. It's not to like say, man, God's being so difficult. No, God's just not being dumb. His way is better than your way. Like that's the thing about the practicing the way of Jesus. I was talking to my kids about this the other day. We practice the way of Jesus because it's the better way. Like Jesus is, is Lord, but Jesus is also brilliant. And he gives us this way because it's better because the other way leads to death. It's like going to the ocean and there's a sign that says sharks in the water. And you're like, this mean people putting these signs up, those jerks. No, you should be going, cool, gonna do another thing. Well, let's ride a bike. Let's like sit at the pool. Like not, no, no to dying in the shark infested waters. <laughs> but, but so often we look at it and we go, God, why are you being so mean? He ain't being mean. He's saving your life. So what's your foundation? Because the storm's gonna come. And what you build your life on will either sustain you and be the strength of your life or it'll cause you to fall. And great, great will be the crash. God doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want that for you and neither do I. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.